This week on Friday Night History, Japanese veterans of the American Civil War. Beginning a journey to find the true names and stories of two men. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Japanese Veterans of the American Civil War. Yeah, I know, I know. Ordinarily, you see me talking about the Japanese aftermath of the U.S. Civil War in the form of the people and surplus equipment from the U.S. that ended up there during the Bushing War. But in a curious turn of events, I find myself in pursuit of the opposite, Information on a Japanese veteran of the U.S. Civil War. A Twitter mutual alerted me to a tweet that had photos of an article talking about Asian American Pacific Islander veterans of the U.S. Civil War in general, and Japanese vets in particular. And much to my surprise, there were two Japanese people listed there. I'm going to start from one of them and see how much I can reconstruct, because there really weren't that many Japanese people outside of Japan in the time span of the U.S. Civil War. 1861-65. So, what do we know about this person who American records call John Williams, quote-unquote? We know he arrived in New York from Japan in 1864 when he was 22. According to an article in the Hawaii Pacific Press, he was 5 foot 1 inch tall, black hair, dark complexion, and was a laborer. He enlisted at the 3rd District Enrollment Board, New York, on August 25, 1864, and served in the 1st Regiment New York Cavalry, Lincoln. He arrived in the U.S. to study 10 days before he enlisted. He fought in the Shenandoah Valley Campaign, fell ill with remittent fever, and was not able to return to his regiment in time for their discharge ceremony on 27 June 1865, being discharged a little bit earlier on the 16th. So that's most of what research assembled by the Japanese American Veterans Association and published in this HPP article tells us about this man. But I am of the opinion that there is likely more information out there, including his actual name, but we'll take further digging in Japanese and English language sources in order to find. The article references an edited U.S. National Park Service volume titled Asians and Pacific Islanders and the Civil War. So, where do we begin? Let's start with the dates. 15 August 1864 for arrival, 25 August for enlistment, 16 June 1865 for discharge. What was going on in Japan at the time? And what were some of the major places where Japanese people were heading abroad at that time? Here's the thing. Summer 1864 was incredibly volatile in Japan. The battle at the Kyoto Imperial Palace, called the Forbidden Gate Incident, or Hamaguri Gate Incident, was 20 August, and it was the culmination of rising tensions across the entire year between the Tokugawa shogunate and the recalcitrant Choshu domain of Western Japan. High-profile political assassinations continued apace, including that of Sakuma Shozan, a noted educator and scholar of European technologies 
and Languages, which happened on 12 August. The following month, the shogunate launched the first Choshu expedition. All of this was happening against the backdrop of major political and military reforms and shakeups in both the shogunate as well as the myriad feudal domains. The Choshu expedition saw one of the first deployments of regiments of the modernized shogunate army. Some of these reforms were implemented through study in Japan of new technologies or methods through foreign literature or through consultation of Western specialists who happened to be present in Japan. But just as common as that was the dispatching of students to Europe or the United States in the interest of building up a cadre of Japanese experts that, with some investment of time and money in study, could help guide those reforms further. Enomoto Takeaki, who went on to fame as the commander of the shogunate navy and later as an imperial Japanese navy admiral and a diplomat, was one of the more notable of these students, having studied in Holland from 1862 to 1867. Takahashi Korekio, who began as a vassal to the House of Date and eventually rose to become prime minister and finance minister in the early 20th century, was another. He studied in San Francisco. Yet another, of course, is our first New York Cavalry veteran, this quote-unquote John Williams, who enlisted 10 days after arrival, and according to what we know, had arrived in the U.S. for study. Assuming this is correct, we can safely conjecture that he was either of warrior caste birth or was of the warrior caste by adoption, while some people of non-warrior caste did leave Japan in the 1860s, most who did were of warrior extraction, and their domains, or the shogunate, paid for or arranged for their study and travel. While some domain records did not survive the Boshin War, and other records did not survive the firebombings of the Second World War, including some of the Date records that were destroyed during the firebombing of Sendai in 1945, we can safely assume that a Japanese person sent to New York for study was presumably of warrior extraction, and would have left some kind of paper trail in Japanese, and likely more of one in English that has yet to be found. The other thing I can offer, at this point mostly as conjecture, is that his enlistment in the Union Army so soon after his arrival doesn't seem like it was a whim. Rather, it seems like it was intentional. If so many Japanese people sent abroad in those years were there to acquire military and military-adjacent skills, then, to me, it seems within the realm of possibility that he enlisted in order to gain hands-on knowledge of English as well as of U.S. weapons and tactics. The U.S. Civil War having begun in 1861, it's not a matter of the war having broken out while he was on his way to New York. He would have known it was underway, and thus could quite conceivably have gone from the beginning with the intention of enlistment, or with vague enough directives that would have allowed for his enlistment. After all, bear in mind that this is an era where information and communication traveled a lot more slowly, and as such there was significant room to make snap decisions without very much oversight. But again, without further evidence, right now this is all in the realm of conjecture. As the JAVA research team notes in the HPP article, uh, it quote, opened research challenges to identify the first ethnic Japanese to serve in the U.S. military, unquote. As with them, I share the goal of finding the true names of these men that the U.S. records as John Williams and Simon Dunn. So, what to do next? I'm not sure where to begin, but I'm looking, and my gut feeling is that we haven't heard the last of these men. 
I am certain that in time I will likely find something. Having studied this period since 2003, and having seen the digitization of some extremely rare material, and the rediscovery of photos and records thought previously lost, I know there's more than seems to be out there in both Japanese and English. A good example of this is the confirmed photo of Shinsengumi trooper Saito Hajime, which surfaced at some point over the past decade. And because of how the demands of a shrinking number of tenure postings affect academe, where the best access to source material tends to be concentrated, there's a dearth of trained scholars who can actually handle working across both Japanese and English source material of this era, and are in a position to actually do so. But mark my words, in all probability it's a matter of when, not if, we learn these men's true names. So stay tuned. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History, the beginning of a new search. Now, to work. Questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up as a patron today at patreon.com slash riversidewings. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Katakura Kita, Builder on one gutsy woman in 16th century Japan and her outsized influence in making the house of Date what it became. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around. <laughs>